Welcome back to our latest episode of Skip It. I'm Lee, and helping me walk you through this week's episode of classic 60s Aussie show Skippy the Bush Kangaroo is Ashwin. Hey. And John. Hey. This week we're discussing episode 34 called Snooty Bitch, more officially officially known as Aunt Evelyn. Directing this episode is Eric Fullylove. The writer was Ross Napier. In addition to our usual cast of Hammonds, Skippies, and Jerrys, our titular character, which is a term I'm pretty sure Aunt Evelyn would disapprove of, is played by Darlene Johnson. And Darlene played this character with a perfect amount of toff. And as a result, she did a lot of TV acting through the 60s to the 90s. There was nothing I was really familiar with, but what I thought was notable is that she acted in Ben Johnson's play, which is called Volfoni, pronouncing it phonetically, Volfoni, at the Almeida Theatre in London with Ian McDermott. And this is an actor who's famous for playing Senator Palpatine in Star Wars, (laughs) which I actually thought, incidentally, I bet he would have played an awesome Aunt Evelyn. Like, he's he's like... Oh, I'm afraid that boarding school will be fully operational. <laughs> I just could see it. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, she's okay. in good com- company there. Yes, for sure. Uh, all right, so onto the show. We fade in on Matt, Mark, and Sonny waiting out the front of the ranger station. And Matt looks at his watch, and Sonny and Mark, they're wearing button-up shirts and long pants, and they're nervously fidgeting, Sonny with his tie and Mark with his tucked-in shirt. John, we've seen Sonny in a suit before, but how did you take seeing Mark in one? Yeah, it was very odd, like uh, being so formal. And I think we've seen sort of Sonny in a suit. We've seen Sonny in a lot of different outfits, um, but it, it seemed too big for him. But yeah, Mark definitely looked a lot more dapper. Never seen him in a tie before. So that was a very interesting mix up there. And they were clearly very uncomfortable in them. Is that your impressions as well, Ashwin? Yeah, they were uncomfortable. And you know, they're meeting someone that they don't particularly like when they dress up. It's a marker for yeah. his family. And I also noticed that they had particularly pronounced bowl cuts for Aunt Evelyn. Did you, did you feel that? It was particularly beach bowl. No, what was that band with the monkeys? It was just very bowl cutting. It was beetle bowl cut. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just such a submissive gesture to be bowl cutted up that much dressed up. I was like, who is this Aunt Evelyn? Hate her already. Yeah. Well, at this point, Mark asks Matt why he's so certain she'll be on time. And Matt says that when Aunt Evelyn says 11, she means precisely then, not 5'2 or 5 <laughs> past. Sonny complains of being hot. He asks to get a drink of water. Matt says okay, but not to spill any on his shirt. And the tension is mounting. Mark then comments on how jumpy Matt is, who explains it's because Aunt Evelyn is staying with them for the weekend. And as fine a woman that she is, she's not attuned to their way of life. And Mark asks if she's still keen on sending Sonny to boarding school. And Matt says that's her main aim in life. So she's got nothing else going on if that's her main aim in life. (laughs) To Mark's horror, when he asks Matt if he'd ever consider sending him, Matt says he's open to it. So Ashwin, at this point, knowing Matt's character and how much he loves his son, were you surprised he was A, so nervous about his sister or sister-in-law, I think she might be, and B, the fact that he would consider sending Sonny away? On his personality, I think Matt's got layers. We've seen him laugh a little bit. We've seen him break a little bit. You know, I don't mind this particular layer of him, that he's got some weaknesses and he'll follow orders. You know, he's got a sense of hierarchy. Maybe Aunt Evelyn is an older sister. And, you know, when you've got an older sister, they never let you grow up. They're always bossing you around. So there might have been that. And I, I particularly liked his language. I actually fixated on his language at that moment when he said, I'm trying to keep an open mind. And it was just such a delicate 
way yeah. of speaking, which is maybe 1960s way of talking. Now we'd say, oh, fuck no. Or yeah, I'll do it. But just, I'm trying to keep an open mind. There was just something quite um, diplomatic about Mark. And he's always been a diplomat when he's had to deal with difficult situations. So I thought, yeah, there's a sign of, he's got that bush ranger intellect. And it kind of came out at that moment. Yeah. A red taxi pulls up and a prim and proper looking woman gets out. She's about late 30s and her hair is pulled tightly up in a bun. She has a pinstriped blue dress on with a white collar fastened all the way up to the neck. It was kind of short, so she wasn't totally dressed like a nun, but she did hold herself as someone who is pretty rigid or frigid. Take your pick. (laughs) Sonny returns and checks his watch. Seeing his aunt, he says, right on time. And though he doesn't say his catchphrase... It's kind of got this underlying, oh boy, underneath <laughs> it when, when he says this. After the credits, Matt grabs Evelyn's bag and she heads inside to the ranger station, Matt in tow. Mark and Sonny watch from behind and they're kind of shaking their heads like, oh God, here we go. Inside, Clancy is finishing tidying Evelyn's room as she enters. They share a proper exchange about the room being nice. In fact, the only posh pleasantry they don't use is indubitably. And then Clancy <laughs> says she'll go see about the lunch. Matt brings in her bag and says Evelyn would probably like to freshen up, but before he leaves, Evelyn calls him Matthew. He says it's been a long time since he's been called that, and she tells him to be sensible, and he assures her that he usually is. Then she immediately starts on about boarding school and how Sonny, at his age, needs more than just kookaburras and kangaroos. Matt says, try telling Sonny that, and she says she intends to do more than that. She'll prove how much he's missing. So, John... How much was Evelyn grading on your nerves at this point? Oh, yeah, she definitely was annoying. Um, and I do sort of think there is a bit more of a mystery of, of who actual, like, side uh, she is, like, whether she's Matt's sister. And I'll just sort of say from this sort of point on when she calls him Matthew, I get the impression that it's his sister. I, I don't sort of see how a sister-in-law would get the same response, you know what I mean? And all have the same authority, I guess, maybe. But maybe, you know, because it is his, if if it is his dead wife's sister, then it's even more sort of sensitive. But anyway, that's something that I sort of definitely had in the back of my mind. But yeah, no, I was immediately annoyed with her. Um, And also, like, how are you going to prove that, like, life is better outside of this awesome wonder park for a kid? You know, that's the other thing. Like, any kid would give up anything to go live in a bush park with a kangaroo. So I thought that was very hubris of her to to think that she could do that. So, yeah, she, she just has this arrogance about her that's super annoying. I agree exactly with what you're saying, that that is probably his biological sister. Mm. I have another thing that I, I'll, I'll come to it shortly, but that might mean maybe it proves it the other way. It's yep. never resolved. It could easily no. go either way, but we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so for now, uh, Sonny's outside. He's complaining to Skippy, and he calls Evelyn a square, which is dead accurate. <laughs> and he says he'll probably need to show her a few things, and he bets she can't even climb a tree, which at the time you're kind of thinking, well, yeah, I'd take that bet. But then later mm. on you're thinking, well, I don't know now. Maybe not. <laughs> so at least give it a go. So Matt comes out and tells Sonny to get cleaned up. And when Sonny says, okay, Matt warns him not to say okay too much because it upsets Aunt Evelyn. Ashwin, out of curiosity, how do you feel about using the word okay? I didn't know okay was a swear word. This was just quite traumatic. I was just trying to think back on all the times it said okay in life. Um, oh, I was kind of upset, Ashwin. I thought you were going to be like, oh, I'm okay with it. Like, I was literally, my, my thinking was that it wasn't that it was a swear word. It's more just 
overly casual language. Casual, yeah. We've got a problem with. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, she's ridiculous. But I guess they, re- they do this with like Doctor Stark or any character that comes along. They amp them up to a, the nth degree. So in this case, I just wanted to amp up uptightness. So they're doing well, a good job on. I think it also shows the effect that Matt has with stressful situations because we'll see the next scene. You can see how super stressed Matt is about giving a good impression. He's overreacting. Yeah. Well, let's get to the, this is the next scene. So (laughs) Matt then goes to the hangar and sees Jerry shirtless and greasy. And to our surprise, Aunt Evelyn is on her knees in front of him. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. on. Not this kind of show. (laughs) It's a fan fiction uh, so, in the actual episode, Matt asks Jerry if he intends to eat like that. Coincidentally, that was also in my fan fiction. <laughs> Jerry says, Holy. I, know, I had to. Um, so, Jerry says he intended to put a tie on, but Matt has to tell him off. He says it's only for the weekend, and all he has to do is prove to Evelyn that they don't live like barbarians. Sorry, can I just make a note at um, how Matt says barbarians? Barbarians, like that. <laughs> yes, yes, that was it. Sorry, I just felt like you need. We need to once enunciate just how uh, well spoken Matt is. Sometimes, like he he says the barbarians. Yes, the the R's. He always it's like when oh. you said before. The very, very. Oh, and I think he pretty much causes her Evelyn, which I thought was even funnier because it's like evil. True, true. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so he says that he needs them to prove that they don't live like barbarians. And when it seems Jerry is still not taking it seriously, Matt has to emphasize that this is quite serious. Mm-hmm. Back inside, Evelyn comes out in a horse riding outfit, and Sonny, who is now wearing a full suit and tie, tells her she looks super and asks if she actually rides. More than that, she tells him she's won some riding awards and she'd like to show Sonny her mad skills. Just the two of them. And that's when Sonny kind of groans at that last part, doesn't really like the idea of being just the two of them. Nancy brings them to the table, and as they sit, Mark then joins in his own brown suit and tie. Clancy whistles and pulls out the chair for him. After sitting down, he says, I say, has anyone read any good books lately? So I'm keen to know, Ashwin, is this trying too hard? Or from what we've seen of Evelyn, that this is actually necessary for them to be speaking like, oh, I say, has anyone... Uh... Yeah, it did feel like they were turning up to a wedding or something. I was like, who is this? And Evelyn, Evelyn has to... Be so ridiculous around it, yeah. So it did, did feel a bit over the top for me. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I think Jerry Jerry's addition was nice. So he kind of lightens the mood when he turns up. Yeah, it's back in the days when coming to dinner in a suit is considered mm. proper. Yes, so, yeah, and it was sort of like they're having dinner with the queen. <laughs> yeah, it was it was way overboard. Yeah. But then again, Matt has really made he's put the fear of Evelyn into them where they yes. feel like they have to do this. Yeah. Well, Evelyn asks Mark if he likes reading, and Sonny answers that Mark has some cute cowboy books. He's got one about a bloke, and then Mark kicks him under the table. So clearly this Aussie slang is a no-no. And when Matt joins, Evelyn says how Mark has been sharing what avid readers they are, and she had no idea. Matt starts to answer and he can't think of anything to say because clearly this isn't sort of thing that they're doing so clancy intercedes and says he should start carving the roast and then jerry walks in and he's also in a suit and tie so much so that matt drops his knife and fork in horror jerry sits down now this is a real comedy scene so jerry sits down he asks evelyn if she'd like some potatoes the first thing we see when he reaches for them is that he has cuffs on but no sleeves matt notices this he looks horrified at this revelation and then, if that's not bad enough, Jerry's shirt front rolls up at the front like it's made of cardboard. It's it's like a cartoon. <laughs> it is. It was just. It's like, like oh no, Jerry. Charlie Chaplin. 
Yeah. yeah. It is. That was actually a classic manpower move. If you were going to strip on stage, you could pull that move off today, and it would. What, what are those things? Are they like lapels or what? What are those? Like, because I've never like I know they're for tuxedos and stuff, but he was using it like with the, just a normal tie. And who goes to a shop and says, "Look, I need to get some sort of dinner clothes." We have these. No, no, I just need the front. He could have just worn a shirt, Jerry. He doesn't own a shirt. Like he owns a Ranger shirt, but he doesn't own the uh, any other shirt at all. Yeah, well, this is it. It's just a shirt front, and Matt is still trying to pretend that nothing has happened. But Jerry explains to Evelyn that it's actually the latest style. It's air conditioned. <laughs> so he throws a nice little, little joke in there. Ashwin, how did you like this little bit of dinner whimsy? I love this. This is just quite a delightful moment because we don't often get good jokes, and Skippy, we get puns. We get bad puns at the end of each episode, but this is some good Chaplin is comedy. It's just like he looked like he was both ready to walk into a bank and flash people. So it's just this beautiful combination of outfits. Yeah, I was enjoying this whole moment. Well, yeah, I can tell, John, that you enjoyed it as well. Oh, yeah, I loved it. And just like how wide Matt and Evelyn's eyes got, you know, I never, you know, that sort of like their eyes just kept on getting bigger and bigger. It was quite... Just like you said, exactly like a cartoon. Well, from this comical scene, we fade to the next scene. Matt and Evelyn, they're there with two horses. The one that Evelyn wants is named Bullet, and Matt doesn't want her to ride it as he's a bit wild and has previously thrown Clancy. Evelyn thinks, though, that Matt just wants her to take some broken down nag so Sunny doesn't see how good she is. And then she goes off and gets Sunny. Mark then comes over and asks Matt, is he really going to let her ride Bullet? And Matt explains she's had a lot of experience with horses, but as Mark says, well, so's Clancy. Inside, Clancy asks Evelyn which horse she's riding. And when Evelyn says bullet, of course, Clancy smiles and then says, bon voyage. Um, to me, that was kind of like good riddance because I think she's like, yeah, good luck. Sunny, meanwhile, asks Skippy to come out with them. And Evelyn asks if Skippy really needs to be there. She comes everywhere with me, Sunny answers. Evelyn says she wouldn't, though, if he had to go away. And Sunny asks, well, where would I be going? To school, Evelyn says. And when Sunny says he does radio school, she says she means a real school like Latimer College in Sydney, where his uncle Andrew went. Now, this is where I was wondering, that's mm. what I was alluding to before. Is that presumably her brother making Evelyn Matt's ex-wife sister? Like, it's just hard to know because the way he's saying your aunt, I mean, I guess unless Matt actually has a brother as well. Well, yeah, that's uh, the other thing is that Matt's just from a big family. Yeah, and, and maybe that's it. Which isn't too odd. No, especially not back then. No, it could be no. minus so, seven or eight. Yeah, but then, like, then I did, like, Lee, yourself, like, I did think that, oh, maybe it's, like, the mother side. That's why there's so much pressure. Because I feel yeah. like there would be maybe more pressure from the mother's side because he's got an obligation there. Yes, and that's that's where I was thinking as well. Like, if it was your own sister, would you care? Like, you'd be a bit more, oh, whatever. Mm. Mm. Again, different time. Maybe maybe she is, like you said, acting before the older sister, so there's a bit more authority mm. about her. But she didn't look particularly that much older than him. So No, <laughs> no. And, she, yeah, she looks sort of younger. It could also be like a city country situation where maybe Matt's wife was a city girl and Matt's family was a country boy and mm. got that well, of the city girl. The other thing that made me think it was maybe Matt's sister was that um, they're – Obviously, the other brother's a high achiever, and she's like a massively high achiever. And to a degree, Matt is a high achiever because he's a head ranger, you know. So I don't know. Like that made me think that maybe it was Matt. So I don't know. No, it's, it's never revealed, and it's probably no. not that relevant. They don't really go into it. So, oh, it's a mystery I want to know. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. it's a curiosity, but it's not relevant. No, not relevant to the story at all. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Sonny tells Evelyn that he could never leave Skippy. And undeterred, Evelyn says that while Skippy might be important to him, he needs to keep things in perspective. Skippy, Sonny tells her, keeps them in her pouch. <laughs> Skippy then is like saying something in the background, likely, no, you idiot, you're making it worse. While Evelyn explains what perspective means. And when Sonny still doesn't seem to get it, she just says to come on and they go to the horses. I mean, I was kind of thinking, yeah, he's doomed. Like, Sonny is he's going straight to that. Uh, Ashwin thinking as well, like, this was not going well. Yeah, I did feel like she was getting her claws in too deep. I was like, why can't Sonny and Matt resist this woman enough? I did want to hear her thoughts on perspective a little bit more. I thought that was quite an intellectual moment in the show. So I was disappointed she didn't expand on that, just for my own benefit. Uh, she either gave up because she could see he wasn't getting it, or she couldn't work out the best way to define it. To be honest, yeah. though, it was Ross Napier writing, so he probably didn't know either. Because perspective can mean yeah. two different actual things. There's mental perspective and then there's uh, actual perspective. That's true. And then there's a perspective. It's like, it's like, yeah. She shouldn't have even brought it up. She's so stupid. <laughs> uh, well, Evelyn, just talking about being stupid, when they go outside, Evelyn jumps immediately on Bullet and she mentions liking his spirit. <laughs> that there'll be a couple of hours and Sonny then jumps on his horse. They could go an easy way, but Evelyn says that easy is seldom the best way. So Sonny says, well, we can at least cut through the hills and this is more interesting to her. As they ride off, Mark says to Matt that she looks pretty neat in that saddle and he'll give her at least that much. And then we get this instant smash zoom to Matt's face. Let's hope she stays in it, he says. <laughs> Still not confident that she can handle this particular horse. I also just wanted to go back to that first thing that she said when she got onto the horse. Evelyn says, he has spirit. I like that. And I just thought that was a really cliched, funny thing for her to say, because I was imagining, like, he threw me. I like that. You know, I almost died. I like that. You know, like I just was thinking that Simpsons episode, but I just thought that was a really a very dominant woman would say. Yeah, I just found her character so interesting. I'm thinking of that. You know, the Titanic, there were the rich people on the top level who were just dignified and refined and wealthy. And then there were the uncouth, wild Irish people on the bottom level. She felt like both. She was both <laughs> class and controlling, but also a dickhead up on random jaunts on horses and I know she was Jack and the rich dude that wants to sleep with Rose at the same time. Mm. Uh, that's a pretty interesting observation. But yeah, she's she definitely well, I think though if she was on the Titanic, she would definitely be the one asking, Are the birds gonna be sorted according to class? That was definitely <laughs> she yeah. would be that one. No, she'd be like, It's sinking. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, this is all part of my plan all along, Sonny. <laughs> she's, just, she's just into that shit. And, and as we see, she's a bit of a thrill seeker. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, so speaking of, Skippy, meanwhile, has hopped off to follow Sonny and Evelyn. And Skippy continues this as Sonny and Evelyn ride on. Sonny says he's shocked at how Bullet has taken to Evelyn when he usually gives riders hell. She asks Sonny if he'd like to see how she won all those blue ribbons, and she takes off. And this is like instant drama. Sonny's calling out that she's going the wrong way. Evelyn, meanwhile, is like tear-assing along and eventually goes under a branch that smashes her stupid, snooty face. <laughs> Bullet is congratulated for doing what we all wanted to do, and they rejoice. No. And in actual fact, what happens is he rides back to Sonny, leaving Evelyn to get up and try to call him back. And we see that Sonny... As Bullet approaches without his aunt, reins him in, and he starts calling for Evelyn. 
we cut to Evelyn and she's sort of dazed on the ground and she hears Sunny and she's immediately starting to comb her hair, making it look like she's just chilling against a rock, yeah. not that she's been completely knocked off. He asks if she's okay and she says, of course, as if this was all part of her plan. She pretends that she'd stopped to look at some flowers and the rascal ran off. And there's kind of a trend here. I don't know if you guys noticed this. There's a trend here with Ross Napier's scripts where women are constantly stopping to look at flowers. And even when they don't look at flowers, they're pretending to stop and look at flowers. Yeah, it's a good so, plot device. The next scene, they're both off their horses and they're looking over this cliff face. And Evelyn says, it's pretty steep. Sunny says they should tie the horses to prevent them running off and then leads Evelyn down this rock cliff to the bottom. And we do see Skippy hopping down quietly behind them. Evelyn says how marvellous the water looks and strips. And Sunny says he didn't know they were going swimming. That was so it was such an awkward situation, that it one. Was. No warning, just immediately starts stripping. And she says she meant to tell him to bring his swimmers. Obviously, he didn't, so good one. And then Sunny says that Matt doesn't like them swimming in that river. But she says it doesn't worry her because she was the state champion. And Sunny's pretty excited by this. And he also says he didn't know that women could do so much. And she says mm-hmm. this is because... He's not in Sydney where there are parties and other fun things to do. So I'm keen to know, much as her demeanor kind of sucks, is there some truth, though, to what she says about being too sheltered and you do need to kind of go out and experience more of the world and a big city might give you that? Yeah, I think there's a bit of truth to that. I was also wondering, was she the state champion of not getting brain damage? Because she dived head first into that water. <laughs> there was like, she just asked how deep it is and Sunny's just like, pretty deep. And then, like, goes straight in. Uh, I thought that, like, water safety, she was absolutely shocking at it. Um, yeah. But no, Lee, you're absolutely right, though, because um, yeah. Sunny is missing out on a lot of social opportunities that everyone needs. But I still feel like there's a time and a place, and obviously maybe later in his life, because look at Mark. He, still, he, yeah. he seems pretty, like, up on everything. Um, you don't ever see him go to school or high school, so I don't know what the hell's going on there. But, no, they never address Which that. is actually a good point. We'll have to, like, keep, keep an eye on that. Yeah. Well, okay, so back to the episode. They've approached this edge of this rock, and rushing below them is some pretty rapidly moving water, as we've said, and we've kind of already given it away. Evelyn prepares to dive in. Sunny does cry out, no. So he's the responsible adult in this point. But she does anyway, like you said, head first, doesn't check the water herself, just asks him how deep it is. And he's just like, I don't know. Yeah, deep. So she <laughs> then joins Sunny and they both scan the river, but they don't see Evelyn. When she surfaces, Sunny sees a large tree branch heading her way. He calls out to warn her, but she's too busy almost backstroking her way directly into the <laughs> path of it. Or probably that's what she'd pretend she was doing. Really what she's doing is floating there semi-conscious. And Sunny watches the branch catch her and sweep her away. My question is, can we rejoice yet? <laughs> we finally got rid of her. <laughs> well, sort of well-deserved a bit, but Sonny, he knows what to do. Exactly. Mm. So he really shows her what school is about. The school and, of Bush, of, of, of the Bush. Yeah. Oh, that could mean a couple of things. Oh, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I, I actually just went, actually, no, that's not the, the best way to put it. The, the, school yeah. of, the school of Waratah National Park. You're going to be yeah. like, the school of animals, like the school of beavers. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I'm trying to picture her character. I feel like she's more like the wolf of Wall Street in that she's uptight and wealthy and pretentious. But she also likes danger at the same time. And she's just a bit of a psychopath. Sounds like she's <laughs> yes, it's pretty much. Absolutely be into S&M. Like, yeah. Just oh, well, yeah, no, there's, uh, I don't know. I didn't want to bring it up, but there does feel like a bit of a dominatrix thing going on there with her. Yeah. It's an attitude as well. She'd be like, slap my buttocks. I like that. 
Well, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get my riding crop that won many blue ribbons. <laughs> Sunny and Skippy, they rush off downriver and they watch as Evelyn sinks beneath the water and Sunny calls out, no, and we fade out. So that's the end of that act and pretty, pretty tense as well. Mm. The next scene, we see Evelyn resurface and Sunny and Skippy try to work out how they'll rescue her. He calls out to her, but she can't answer. So Sunny tells Skip they need to stop Evelyn from floating down river and he fashions a rope out of vines and they spend time showing the scene. It's not like he just hooks one off the tree branch like it's his one we made earlier. Like he actually fashions it from all the different vines. He ties one end to a tree stump. Skippy, meanwhile, is saying something, probably giving instructions, and Sunny then wades out into the water with the other end of the line and ties it around the tree branch. While he's there, Evelyn says, legs caught. And she kind of sounds like Radioactive Man, like a little bit in that moment. Sunny should have corrected her grammar at that point and be like, I believe it's my legs caught. (laughs) (laughs) Say it right, otherwise I shan't rescue you. And Sunny swims back to the shore and tells Skippy to get the horses. Skippy hops towards the horses. And while this is happening, though, in the background, we can see Sunny staring at the vine rope. And where it's tied, it's already starting to break. The branches are all breaking up. And when Skippy hops toward the horses, I think we all knew what we were about to see. And the show didn't fail to deliver. We saw dead kangaroo hands yeah. unfastening the reins where those horses were tied. You can kind of predict when it's going to happen. And I'm, I look forward to it now. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a highlight. Meanwhile, Sonny is telling Evelyn not to move as he's trying to prevent the vine rope from giving way. He calls to Skippy to hurry. Sonny is really struggling to hold onto this sort of vine rope while Skippy is hopping forward, dragging the horses behind her. Now, how they managed to get those shots of Skippy doing that would be on me. She's literally hopping down a road, really wide shot. No one's leading her along. We can't see it anyway. With two horses the leads are in her mouth and she's dragging them along. So I'm keen to know, how do you think that they did that? I have no idea. That's I like. I'm assuming they just literally just did it, and it worked. I imagine very well trained horses, but also, I mean, if you were a nature photographer and you caught that happening, that would be photograph of the year. You'd be on National Geographic if you kangaroo leading two horses in Australia. So yeah, it was a nice moment. So finally, the horses arrive, and Sonny grabs a lasso from the saddle, and he lassoes the branch that's trapping Evelyn with one end, and he ties the other end to a rock. And then he grabs another branch from the ground. It's about four feet long, and he uses it to lash the horses together, kind of the way you'd see horses kept in line that are pulling a wagon. He takes the end of the lasso that's on the rock, and then he now ties it to this horizontal branch beneath the horse's necks, and he leads them forward so that they can pull the branch off Evelyn. So he's smart enough to use their strength to drag this branch away. He basically makes a makeshift yoke for the horses to, to pull the ropes that he ties to it, which is really quite inventive for, like, you know, just some ropes and a stick, you know? Yeah. Well, it's not easy because the branch on the other end that it's tied to, it keeps breaking up. So eventually, Sonny has to jump back in the water to help manually. Um, Apparently, one leg is free, but the other is caught about the knee. And so Sonny dives under the water and he frees it. And then he gets Evelyn to hang on to him so he can pull her out. While she's back on the shore, he grabs a blanket to wrap around her and he calls Skippy to go get Matt. And meanwhile, while he's waiting with her, he holds her hand. So it was quite a nice moment. In fact, I was going to say, I'll ask you, John, do you think this is the most impressive rescue we've ever seen from Sonny? Like from start to finish, this was so well thought out, so cleverly done. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I like, because as soon as I knew what was, you know, going to be happening, I was like, oh, get ready for some bushcraft. He's just, he's going to bushcraft the shit out of this but no i love this sequence and 
Also, I just wanted to note that, like, as she says that uh, one of her legs is caught, Sunny says, okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, I was just going, oh, Sunny, you idiot. I'm just imagining. So, he's like, okay. And she's like, oh, let me drown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. She's just like, I shall commit suicide now. I cannot bear to hear you say that. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen a crossover between Sunny and MacGyver. Because that's just well, Yeah, he is pretty much the Bush MacGyver, isn't he? <laughs> what they would have come up with would have been incredible. Yeah. How good would MacGyver have been if he'd also had a kangaroo to solve most of his issues? Well, just to keep all stuff in, you know, like in the oh, pouch and stuff. Perfect. He's got his pocket knife in there. and That'd be like the perfect crime-fighting duo, MacGyver and a kangaroo and Skippy. <laughs> like yeah. a drama series require a lot of tension between the criminal and the hero, but... Is there attention at such an effective crime-fighting duo? I'd just be constant victory. Yeah, well, no, I think that Skippy would be the hothead. She'd be like the Mel Gibson, and then MacGyver would be like... Because, you know, MacGyver's a pretty good guy, so I think he would yeah. be like the the straight one most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, we get from here to the final scene, and Matt is saying it's a shame Evelyn can't stay longer, at least until she's up to travelling. That's a lie. <laughs> and she says she's fine and stayed far too long as it is, and that's the truth. She then tells Matthew that he was very wrong, again, using that full name, Matthew, and wishes Sonny would come stay with her whenever he wants. Skippy can also come too, so she's really been won over. She's also now learned that not everything important can be learned at school, that the school of life can be just as important. Sunny then says, that'd be beaut. She doesn't mind that he uses that colloquialism. And Matt and Sunny kiss her goodbye. They all wave as her red taxi drives her away. Matt gives Sunny a wink, and we end with Sunny patting Skippy as they all watch Evelyn leave. Mm. It was a really nice ending. Very nice. All right, well, let's start with you, Ashwin. What are your final thoughts on this episode, and how many gum leaves does it deserve? It was a nice ending, but then I was also thinking, like, what kind of toff gives up their worldview after one near-death incident? (laughs) Like, where's your conviction? Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. I was like, stick to your gun. Um, you know what? When hearing you two talk about how clever Sonny was during that rescue kind of made me appreciate how good that rescue was because when I was watching this, I was like, okay, this is a bit of a vanilla episode. I wasn't getting super excited about it for some reason. It wasn't grabbing me like other episodes, but that was a kind of a clever moment. So I'm going to upgrade it from 3.5 gum leaves to 3.8 gum leaves based on that reconsideration. Okay, wow, that's cool. Uh, What about you, John? Yeah, look, I think I'm going to probably give it a bit of a solid four. Um, You know, I always give pretty high marks to them. I I sort of did find the the conflict. And also I just was like thinking, because we saw Sonny hanging out with an aunt in earlier episodes, and I'm wondering, is it the same one or is it different so we might, I might have to do a bit of research in there just in the, the respect of like if it's the same one because he does make a reference to ice cream and stuff, but I don't know. Um, but no, no, I think there's a lot uh, in this episode. It was really, really interesting in the respect of like having Ma- Matt sort of be stressed out and, you know, have that conflict. And Sonny just shone through it all. I think that was the main point of the episode was just to show how uh, competent Sonny is 
with, you know, just nailing living in a national park and rescuing people. What do you reckon, Lee? Yeah, I liked it. I, I liked overall that this was another atypical episode. At the crux of the show, it was a family drama with some yep. physical danger added, but it was nature-driven. There was no human criminal threatening them. So I enjoyed it for that reason. Now, the the score that I'd marked down, though, Ashwin, you've made me now seem like I'm really harsh because you said that you have now gone from 3.5 to 3.8. My score I gave it was 3.5, mm-hmm. which is a decent episode score yeah. for me. Yeah, no, no, that's still pretty good. I think I think because it had elements that were very exciting, but you're right. Overall, it wasn't like a super fast-paced episode. It was good. I think it was. So three and a half is going to be my score for that one. What is the story next week, John? So 35, the Bush Rangers. Now, I have sort of seen bits of clips of this one, and I'm a little bit jealous that um, I'm not going to be hosting it. But uh, alone at the Ranger headquarters, Jerry is overpowered by burglars who take everything movable. Later, Sonny and Skippy come across a group wearing Ned Kelly armor, entering a cave. Sonny suspects that they are burglars, but they turn out to be a pop group, the Bush Rangers. I'm going to leave it there because it gives away the stuff. Because, you know, Bush Ranger means two things in Australia, too. Technically, Matt is a Bush Ranger. He's a ranger in the bush. So, you know. Well, that one will be yours to take us through, Ashwin. So you get a pretty exciting one by the sound of it. Awesome. And um, I really am looking forward to the music for this one. Have you heard any of it? There's a main clip on the internet, um, I think, that the Australian Sound and Film Archive put out. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I would Mm. say definitely going to be posting on the Facebook page when this episode that episode comes out. Well, join us next week for that episode. It sounds like it's going to be a great one. And that is it from me. I'm Lee, and with me has been Ashwin. See you guys. And John. Thanks, guys. Scoop, 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 scoop